everybody. Hey, everybody. It's, it's time for your favorite podcast. show. <laughs> it's in class pocket, baby. This is where the fun <laughs> plays. This is where we get all the money. Royalty checks coming in the mail. Become a patron, give us all your money. Do it now. Uh, that was your 90s music break. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. Uh, this is M Class Podcast. Uh, believe it or not, a Star Trek podcast. Amazing. <laughs> uh, where we sit down every other week and talk about an episode of Star Trek, usually with a cool theme like we're doing right now, which is uh, the court cases Courtroom. collection. They're talking about the legal system. It's actually called the Trials Collection. I'm apparently really stupid, it turns out. I didn't remember what it was called either. It's called the Trials Collection. To be fair, we were just away for a while, so we don't know. Josh was in Ingoland. Hello! (laughs) That's how they sound over there. Uh, They say Star Trek like this Star Trek. Hello. Are they from Brooklyn? Star Trek. Star Trek, <laughs> like Christopher Walken. Uh, I can't do. I can't do a good. I can't do Walken. a Christopher Walken either. Don't hey, s- don't set me, me up to fail. Christopher Walken. That's oh, all right. Hello, it's me, Christopher Walken. That's how he sounds. That's, That's him. Their, I you, did it. That that one. One. You nailed it. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about the Deep Space Nine episode, Rules of Engagement. It's uh, episode. And nobody proposes to anyone. <laughs> oh my god. Uh... <laughs> It's bullshit. It's season four, episode 18. If you haven't watched it yet, get off your fucking ass and go watch it, and then come back and listen to this. Yeah, pause this. Also, if you're on Netflix, it's season four, episode 17. Yeah, thanks, Netflix. Also, we know that they put them up in production and uh, the order in which they aired everybody. Please stop telling us. I got it. (laughs) We get it. (laughs) I, I understand how it works. I'm just saying it's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's very silly. It doesn't make sense why they do that. Who knows? A little bit of background info on this episode. Uh-oh. Uh, it aired April 8th, 1996, and it was That's directed... four days after my birthday. I was 13. <sighs> okay. Uh, so I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't really hate Josh, everybody, at least for this podcast. Um... <laughs> It was actually directed by none other than LeVar Burton from Reading oh, Rainbow. Yeah. Yo, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get to it. But there's... it's This episode is... There's some cool shit. There's some real there's cool some shit. There's some real cool shit in this episode. There's one, yeah. like, fucking all-star performance in this episode. One scene that I'll get yes. to. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but this is... <laughs> Uh, but this was uh, written by Bradley Thompson and David Weddle, and I found out that they literally never wrote an episode of Star Trek uh, without well, one another. They needed each other. They yeah. were like you and me. Yeah, 100% a team, except when Josh does stuff without me. I've never done this <laughs> show without you. That's true, and you never fucking will. <laughs> Unless you fire me. No, nah, you, you're going to continue doing the show you got fired from without me if I fire you? <laughs> yeah. If I it's fire myself. Before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, both of them became executive story editors and producers on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, my God. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. Because of the way that this is shot. 
in the way that they do things. This is a very unique Star Trek episode. It's very unique. Yeah, it's it does stand out, even amongst the Trials collection. Yeah. I, I, I always forget about this one, honestly. Um, mostly because, like, what I remember when, when I watch it is how much I hate the Klingon guy. He's kind he's of a piece of so shit. so hateable. Yeah, oh my God. he's purposefully a piece of shit. Yeah. He's like a Klingon version of a lawyer, which yeah, makes you hate him. Yeah, he's like an awful, awful person. Uh, but is he? I don't know. He is. That's lawyers. <laughs> All lawyers are. Unless you're a fan of this program, then you're a good lawyer. <laughs> and you're a lawyer. Then you can be our lawyer, please. Don't yeah, we're going to need one. Sooner or later, baby. Yeah, we always you need one. The episode starts out with a flashback. Yeah, it's a, a dream sequence. Actually, it's a dream sequence, which is crazy. Not very Star Trek to start out an episode with a dream sequence. Lavar Burton only, was like, "We're doing this shit backwards." The only thing that is similar that I can think of off the top of my head is First Contact with the that's true dream sequence that's true it's much more cinematic as well it's like a lot yeah. of like dutch angles and close-ups yeah, and, and stuff and the teaser. In first contact yeah no I, well, in first contact but i mean in this episode in rules of oh, engagement oh yeah 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 oh uh, there's like crying like chi- children's and yeah stuff. And dead children <laughs> wharf is in the u.s that made me laugh i like how i laugh at that i, I tried to move away from that as quick as i could <laughs> it's like oh man that's 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 an unfortunate time to laugh. But don't worry, you'll edit it out later. Sure. <laughs> but uh, Worf goes around and he sees that like there's just dead Klingon babies everywhere, and <laughs> and Josh laughs at that. And then Worf woke up. Worf wakes up in a cell, and you're like, yeah. "Wow, why is Worf in a cell?" He's and in the brig. Odo's like, hey, you better get some sleep because your trial starts in a few hours. Your trials. And you're collection. like, oh no. What happened? Yeah, it's crazy. Worf, no. Worf, what did you do? Um, th- There's a lot specifically about this episode that I love. Yeah. I absolutely love the fact that the admiral who's overseeing the trial is a Vulcan and it comes oh. down to emotion and motive. I love that uh she's a Vulcan. She's a four she's a admiral, like a real yeah, admiral. Admiral like Talara. And she uh is not a, a, a psychotic Vulcan. Uh, Deep Space Nine is known for its making Vulcans crazy. Yeah, right? you're either a giant fucking asshole or a psychopath if you're a Vulcan yeah. on Deep Space Nine, but Admiral Talara is not. Or a serial killer, right? One of yes, them is a serial one of killer. them is a serial killer, and another Which... one is an arms dealer to yeah. the Maquis. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know how you get, like, you know, the most logical path in life is to sell weapons of war to sure. criminals. Because, sure, why not? Maki. But uh, the the hearing is Worf is on trial, Cisco uh-huh. is his advocate, and yeah. uh, Chipok from the Klingon Empire is there, and he's like, look, we want Worf to get extradited to the Empire so we can totally not kill him, everybody. Right. We totally, would never do totally that. Totally not be murdered because of who he is. 
But so there's a lot of background information yeah. in this episode, right? If, that you kind of need to go in. If you're not with. like an avid Star Trek watcher, you might not know what the fuck is happening in yeah. this episode. And again, I'm sorry about that. But it's your fault. Uh, I <laughs> am absolved of all of all fucking blame, though. It's it's your fault. Yeah. It's definitely your fault for that. Sorry. The Defiant was under attack by some Klingon warbirds, right? Yeah, and so the Klingons are at war with the Cardassians at this point. Yeah, and the Cardassians are sending, like, food and medical supplies to right. their, like, civilian Tons. worlds. Yeah. And because of the nature of the mission being so humanitarian, the Federation agrees to send their own ships out to protect the right. transports. During this battle, however, which takes place during a place where there's a lot of Klingon uh, civilian ships going through. Sure. A, what a smart idea. Yeah. The Klingon <laughs> civilian transport ship uh, uh, decloaks directly in front of the Defiant. Not suspicious not, at Not all. at all. And uh, Worf blows it the fuck out of the sky. Yeah, he blows it up, which is crazy, but, you know, whatever. He murders 441 Klingons... Yes. Uh, keep that number in mind. It'll come back. Comes back. It's important. <laughs> and this trial is not looking good for our boy, right? Like, Chipak is a fucking shark. He has real shark's teeth in his mouth. He's like Johnny fucking Cochran. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a li- he's a litigator, man. He is, like, fucking on fire. He's doing all the courtroom tricks he knows the answers to all the questions he asked before he asks them because he's a good lawyer he's too good and it doesn't help that cisco is not a lawyer at all he's a captain no and uh wharf is at a disadvantage right like pretty heavily yeah i want to i want to talk about that later but we'll we'll get there we'll get to that point about captain cisco yes um Cisco is feeling the heat from the trial. So he goes to meet Odo, and he's like, Odo, I need you to find information about the captain of the ship that got yeah. blown up. Like, Figure out if he had a death wish or he was crazy yeah, or whatever. Like, maybe he was dishonored and he wanted to attack like yeah. a, a Federation ship to show like I'm still got it, right? Like my penis right. my two penises still work. <laughs> <laughs> my two penises still have lead in them. Yeah. Ugh. But, uh, <laughs> like, pink lead. Chipak is the, the Klingon lawyer is like pretty forthcoming at this point. Like, he goes up to Cisco and he's like, hey, if Worf gets convicted and we extradite him, the Klingon Empire will be like, look, the Federation killed 441 of our citizens. Yeah. We are totally fucking absolved of all blame for going against the fucking Federation hardcore, attacking whoever right. we want. It's a super fucking political move. Like, it, this is like some fucking, like, like crazy, like, political chess that they're playing. Oh, yeah. It's not just a trial this time around. There's definite, like, political ramifications yeah. for the Federation and for the Klingon Empire. Yeah. And, like, Worf is an easy target because he's hated in the Empire because he sided with the Federation. Also, he's always sort of been, like, an outcast, yeah, he, you know? He's been thrown out of the Empire, like, three times at this yeah, point. Yeah, he, he's not real... He's not real liked 
No. Klingons are still like I, I don't know. The Klingons had like a hundred years of like of like reformation, right? Like after uh, the Kitamura Accords, the Klingons like like they're dying, right? Uh, so like the Federation helps them rebuild, and like the Klingons are super peaceful as much as they can be. But yeah. now the Klingons are they're feeling themselves again. They're like we're gonna be Klingons again, and we're gonna start fucking some shit up. <laughs> and we learn why that ball gets rolling later on yeah. in the yeah. season as well. Yes. But, like, the trial starts to go even further south for Cisco because Chupac's like, look, uh, I accept all the facts about this case. What we really need to put on trial here is the motivation. Was yeah. War filled with bloodlust or was he just doing his duty? Which is such a double-edged sword because, like, for a Klingon, that's fine. Like, you could go yeah. crazy all you goddamn want and kill whatever. But not like, as a Federation, yeah. like, a Federation officer. Right. And as a Klingon, it's a double-edged sword for war for real, because, like, if he was bloodlusted, then that makes him more of a Klingon. And if right. he wasn't, it he makes him less of a Klingon. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's a really, it's a lose-lose, right? And it's just so interesting to me that the judge in this trial about someone's like emotional state mm-hmm. is a Vulcan. It's I think it's great, honestly. I do too. Cause like who better than to to like know like I know Vulcans like like they don't have like it's like they don't have emotions, but they do. And like I think that they're in, they're experts on emotions, and they definitely would be experts on human emotions because they spend a shitload of time around us, right? I mean, in a in a way, but there's always this like yeah. revulsion towards emotions that keep them from really understanding them. Yeah. Like you understand, like if you read a dictionary and you look up like joy. You uh-huh. can understand joy textually, but unless you feel it, you'll never really be able to understand it. There's a great line in uh, Enterprise when, like, the Vulcans and humans are finally starting to, like, pave the way for the Federation. And, like, uh, the the ambassador, the, the Vulcan ambassador is talking to Admiral, what's his name? And, like... Like, he's saying, like, there we can't classify humans. He's like... We don't we don't know like what you are. One minute you're like so like you you're so filled with empathy and the next minute you're like crazy out of control. And like and like eventually it, it gets down to it where he's like there is one race of of uh, one species that you do remind us of and it's us. And like how Vulcans are like afraid of of humans because like they were that yeah that's and, what the vulcans were before the teachings yeah. of surak right and it's like and that's so I think why their planet got triple fucking nuked <laughs> <laughs> boy i can't wait till we live on vulcan uh, <laughs> we're headed that way baby Whee! just call me <laughs> jeff surak pennington <laughs> get up on mount Soleil, jeff <laughs> um they call jedzia dax to the stand Oh, Jadzia. And Dax is called as a cultural expert on Klingons, but, like, she she sort of plays it down. She's like, yeah, Curzon Dax was an expert. Like, I know a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she's really just doing it to, like, undermine Chapak. She thinks she's undermining him, but she's actually helping his case the whole time. Yeah, he's uh, he's too good. He's just too good. 
and he brings up some pretty fucking convincing evidence that he was bloodlusted because he's like, all right, here's this hollow sweep program where yeah. like there's this violent fucking endless battle, and at the end of it, whoever plays the main character gives uh per, like tells all of his soldiers to murder every man, woman, and child in the city. Yeah, and Worf was playing the leader, right? And he did give the order. And they're like, all right, when did it happen? And he's like, all right, it was the day before he left for his mission. Yeah, that's some fucking real shitty evidence. Circumstantial It's very circumstantial, but, like, when you put someone on trial for their motivation, everything is going to be circumstantial. I love, okay, so, like, when, this is the first time we see, like, the Rashomon of this episode, like, like, when, when, like the the narration like it's like when they're talking when they're saying their lines in the trial it cuts to them in the situation that yeah, they're talking about and they look about. at the camera and, and say they their look at the camera lines. it's oh my god it's so i it's so good and it's never i've never seen that in any star trek ever it's like perfect i love it i mean they sort of no, they don't do that, but I was thinking about in the pale moonlight when Cisco speaks directly to yeah, the audience the entire it's time. It's very similar. It's very similar to that. I but really do love that in this episode, though. Yeah. Super Rashomon. Like, you're seeing it from the point of view of the person telling the events that happened. And it's different, right? Like, it's different every time. It's it's cool. And, like, Worf is also not very smart. In the way he's handling this trial, he's too too proud. He's yeah, just too proud. Because they're like, all right, we have um, th- when he brings up the fucking uh, like uh, the game, the Holosuite yeah, game. He's like, sweet, yeah. yeah, it's like inadmissible in court because you didn't have permission. They to didn't get, get a search warrant. Yeah, yeah. and Worf is like, just do it. Yeah, and I, if I was Worf, I would have been like, all right, we'll put it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're doing, right? Yeah. Dude. But, like... Klingons. It's it's his pride, right? Like, Klingons' biggest downfall. Almost every Klingon yeah. is their pride. Yeah, that's how, you, that's how you stop them. And, you know, there's something very psychoanalytic about the Star Trek races. Like, every one of them is just a piece of the human puzzle. Yep, yep. And... Yep. Klingons are not only like the visceral, violent part of our psyche, but they're very much the prideful version of exactly. our psyche. Exactly. That's yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking about that too. Like about the uh, the Hollow Sweet program itself, like the siege and the ordering, the the killing of the women and children and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you mean so like every battle that ever happened on Earth? Yeah. Ever? It's, like, <laughs> it's hard to start casting stones, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, so, like, it's it's one thing to read about, like, Genghis Khan, right? And be like, wow, that's crazy. And it's another thing to be, like, there. And, and like, it would be horrifying. Yeah. It would just, it would be horrifying. Could you imagine that, though? Like, if you were on trial for, like, a crime you didn't commit, like, a violent crime. Like, yeah. maybe they collared you because the guy who played the Irish villain on Daredevil killed a guy. And they were like, that's Josh Henderson. That's, that's him, yeah. That's Get him. Me, yeah. So they got yeah. you on trial, and they're like, well, let's see what video game he played yesterday. And yeah, what he like did Skyrim. in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It might just be that you built a house for 18 hours in Skyrim. <laughs> which would probably get you exonerated immediately. 
Or it could be that you slaughtered an entire village of people as yeah. a fucking vampire in Skyrim. Who knows? Yeah, I went in and I just like decided that that was it for White Run. Right? Yeah, that was it, and everyone's dead. And <laughs> what does that say about you? Really, it says nothing. It's just a right, video it's just, game. It's just an event that I did like mindlessly, right? But like, then you think about the fucking way there's a slant against violence in video games that like it creates real violence still to this day, even though like right. psychiatrists and specialists are like, well, that's bullshit. There's no correlation at all. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. Like yeah, the kid, the two Columbine kids played Doom or whatever, but like. Right. Everyone played Doom. Yeah, I, yeah. Who didn't play Doom? Like, that was like the game. Yeah, we all played Doom, and none of us killed anybody. There's no yeah. correlation, or there's no yeah. causation. Like that's right. Correlation yes. without causation. Yeah, but like, yeah. I mean, it's all like building your your uh, your what? What's it? What? Uh, What's it called? Where it's like without reasonable doubt. Yeah, right? you're trying like, to create. You're, you're trying to doubt. destroy the reasonable yeah, doubt. Yeah, really. Exactly. And like, and like, uh, what's his name? The the Klingon def- Chapak. Uh, Ch- Chapak. Yeah. He like says, "I I look forward to playing on your battlefield," and mm-hmm. and he does exactly that. He's using, uh, what's, you know, our legal system in America now. Which is the federations in the show is uh you you need to prove with uh, beyond a reasonable doubt that it happened right yeah you have to the proof of guilt is on the accuser right exactly and which in Klingon uh ju- judicial system is not the way it is no he mentions specifically that he finds it strange yeah um Chipak actually puts Cisco on the stand next. Yeah, and I feel like Cisco had a bit of a misstep during this as well. Yeah, he's not having like a real good day. <laughs> yeah, he gets the chance to add something at the end of the examination, and he doesn't. He just yeah. lets it go. I, I think that was a mistake, but I mean, it turns out fine. But yeah. it may not have if not for Odo. <laughs> yeah, Odo, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, <laughs> but like. Um, <laughs> They they describe the mission, which we already went into. You know, you have to help the colonists get their fucking medicine and food and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and guard the convoy. The convoy. And they're like, well, why did you choose Worf for this? And Sisko says, well, you know, he's he's a command officer. And he has, right. he has the experience necessary. And as a Klingon, he would know how the altercation with the Klingons might go. He has that experience. Right. Uh, he he puts a point on it that it was a uh, like it was just a mission to protect the convoy. That's it. Right. And um, he Chipak plants that little seed, right? That little seed that he's gonna grow into his counter argument. Mm-hmm. And Cisco just lets it go. <laughs> Yeah. And w- yeah. we get our funny quark scene afterwards. Oh my god. Oh, the fucking quark scene. Oh my god. Th- there's a masterful fucking moment in this quark scene where he's talking about Bashir is talking up this lady at the bar and he's trying to figure out which lady it is and it keeps and replacing they all, him. They all have names that sound similar. It's so. Yeah. It, it keeps god. replacing the lady and it keeps replaying the scene. And then finally he's yeah. like, no, it was Morn and this girl. And, and he turned and he to her said, and said, yeah. and it cuts. 
And it cuts to Chip Hawk, and he's like, can we move on? And it's like, oh, it's we so, were going to hear what he was going to say. It's so fucking perfect. Like, the running God joke damn. of Morn never speaking to us, the audience, is perfect. You get you get that joke as, like, the kicker. And, and it's a, the buildup is, like, that Bashir is, like, a playboy, right? And yeah. he's, like, hitting on. It could have been any of them. It could have been all of them, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, so it's a really funny scene, and it's, like, expertly crafted. It's so good. Oh, my God. But uh, Quark says that Worf was in a good mood, which is weird. Yeah, Quark's, Quark's being, like, real, like, not helpful. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, I don't remember what he said or, like, what kind of mood yeah. he was in. or Yeah, I don't know. And he doesn't talk to his bartender, right? That's what he... Yeah, but he's like, yeah, I mentioned that the Klingons would probably attack, and Worf said, I hope they do. And I was... Yeah. And I was like, well, you fucked it, Worf. You fucked it. <laughs> like, but that's the... like Again, that's, like, the Rashomon aspect of this is, like, Maybe he did say that, or maybe he said something similar, and and Quark is remembering that. Like you it, know it what I mean? It could be, like, but like Worf reacts pretty embarrassed, like when he says it. Like yeah. he's he's pretty flustered, right? And it's very much not like a, oh you set me up, you little rat. It's like oh shit, I did say that. He got he got me. Right? Yeah. yeah, I love that Quark gets a part in this episode, though, dude. That that one scene alone is like you could just show that to anyone who's never seen the show and be like, here's what this character is, and that's exactly oh, yeah. it. I mean, you get like a pretty nice view of Quark in that, like he's not like the seedy piece of shit that he comes off as a lot. Yeah, he's not pulling like any of his like weird scams. Or yeah, anything. he's not trying to force one of his fucking bartenders to have sex with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is super... What a like, scamp, right? Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, 1996, sexual harassment was so funny. <laughs> you know what? We should probably take a break. Yeah. And we'll be right back after these messages from uh, our sponsor. It could be HR. you. <laughs> our sponsor, Human Resources Downstairs. No survivors. 441 Klingon civilians were killed. No excuses. Worf gave the order to fire. If I had hesitated, I would have been negligent. No escape. At this point, the only one who can help Worf is Worf. On trial for murder. Objection! Will one deadly mistake be Worf's ultimate disgrace? No! On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And we're back to the Rules of Engagement episode, Josh. It's called Rules of Engagement. <laughs> That's the name of it, and I totally remembered it. <laughs> I didn't forget the name of it. Uh, Cisco, there's a lot of, like, breaks in this trial, which doesn't seem like standard procedure. My favorite, my favorite part is, like, uh, when like right in the beginning, uh, Odo is like, Ah, oh, it's all 400 hours. You might want to get some sleep. You're... <laughs> Your trials in, in four on, in four hours. It's eight o'clock in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And then like they go, <laughs> they go to like yeah, and it lasts the trial. like ten minutes. It's like <laughs> one second, and they're like, tomorrow at three p.m. the trial will start. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Why did we sit here for four? Like, what are we doing here now? So, Worf is like, fuck! I gotta go back to a cell all night. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna make me just sit here for like seventeen hours? Fours? Fuck that Jesus shit! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Should have stayed with the Klingons. 
<laughs> but like, there's a break in the trial, and Odo and Cisco talk, and Odo's like, "Look, uh, the captain was just a guy. Like everybody loved yeah. him. He had like a dog that he loved <laughs> named Fru Fru. Uh, yeah. He donated to charities on Klingon planets all over he the system. Used to knit, which is weird. Yeah, it's weird for a Klingon to knit, but yeah, he did though. Everybody thought he was really great at his job, which was captaining freighters <laughs> and so Cisco's like well why the fuck did it decloak in front of the Defiant then yeah and Odo goes I don't know Captain but I am not I don't know that's my Odo Odo, Odo I says I, Odo shrugs and the fucking uh, oh god I fucked that joke up anyway <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a joke, guys. I thought it would come to me. Uh, uh, it's late. It is late. Um, but then the hearing just starts again. Like it, it, a lot of starts and stops. Yeah. But uh, Miles O'Brien is called to the stand. Oh, Chief O'Brien. I love that guy. Love that O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> And instead of having a big Joker smile, your face just shrinks to the middle of your head. It's O'Brien. Love that O'Brien. You just look like Miles O'Brien. Looks <laughs> mad. You're just browbeaten because you're Miles O'Brien. Oh. Well, he just Poor he guy. describes the situation again from his point of view. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, I stand by Worf's decision. He's he's a great guy. I've known him for nine years, and he's an honorable yeah. man. And Chipak's like, well. You said you stand by it. Yeah. But would you have done it? Wait, would you have done it? And they do this really cool like he's like he's like, let's just say hypothetically that something happened to Worf and you had to take command. Yeah, he's like, Would you have taken command of the Defiant? He's like, Yeah, I would have and he's like Well what would you have done? And O'Brien like fights back against it like a lot. He's like, Well, I wasn't there, like I can't tell you what I would have done in the moment and everything. It wasn't it wasn't that didn't it didn't happen that way. It's completely different situation. Yeah, He's like, That's an unfair question and Chipak's like, I don't give a fuck answer. Which is crazy because he says fuck. Yeah, it's like, they talk about that shit in Discovery being a big breakthrough, but Chipak said it back in '96. Yeah, he also whipped his two dicks out right on the table, and everyone he saw fucking them. he tried to helicopter them, but they got all twisted together. Oh, uh, like when you spin around like a thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he got all twisted together like that ice cream that's made out of red and orange sherbet. Rocket pop. Yeah. Uh, except not, because that'd be weird if it was, like, one dick and then, like, a spool of another dick and then a third one at the end. Yeah, three dicks is too much. Yeah, I feel like two dicks is pushing it, but you could probably figure it out. (laughs) But Chupac's like, yeah, would you have done it? And O'Brien's like, fuck, no. No, yeah. yeah, And he's like, I only, I, I say no because I know, like... 400 fucking children or whatever will die. Right. A- after the fact, it's unfair. It's a- it's totally unfair. Because, like, you, like, you already know the outcome. So yeah, he still said no, have. though. And, like, it shows uh, the Admiral, and she's like, I'm a Vulcan, so I'm not showing emotion, but I'm kind of showing emotion that I right, think it's I, fucked up. I'm intrigued. It's like, that's the Vulcan, like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then, like, there's another break. <laughs> yeah, they love re- recesses. They love playing on the playground at recess. Yeah, Cisco's like, I I call for a recess of the trial so I can go eat lunch. <laughs> oh, dude, one of my favorite things from that flashback though is uh. Michael Dorn is the helmsman, but not as Worf. Oh, yeah? I didn't even know that. Fuck, that's, that's a my... fun fact of the week. That's a fun, that's a fun fact. I had one! Yeah. How interesting. <laughs> yes! I got one! We got one! We got one! Yeah, it's like, I don't think it's his voice, though. If it is, he throws his voice crazy, because he does not talk like that, so... But it is him, like, just without the makeup on. Damn, I'm impressed. I didn't know that shit. It's cool. But like Cisco's having a coffee and Chipok's like, "Hey, can I sit next to you?" And Cisco's like, "Fuck, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> and fucking hate you. He's like, "Yeah, Worf is gonna testify next." And uh, like Cisco, if you need to give up yeah. because your ass is done, done though, and you should let me take Worf back to the Klingon Empire and I'll totally defend him for real. I'll make sure he definitely doesn't get killed. Yeah, which, which is definitely not what I'm trying to make def- happen. Definitely <laughs> won't get killed and or sent to Rorapente, which is worse than death. Yes. And Cisco's the like, penal look. penal asteroid of Rorapente. <laughs> the, the double penal asteroid. Hey! <laughs> hey! Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Cisco's like, look, you just showed your hand that you're worried about something, about yeah. Worf saying something, and Chipok's like, Dude. it is you that should be worried. Yo, so, like, Cisco is really, like, becoming, like, a really great captain, right? Like, yeah, for sure. This, this is, like, like, what I love about him is that he, he, like, fucks up. And he doesn't do everything, like, right all the time. He's not like Kirk or Picard who, like, gets it right almost immediately. Like, he gets beat up a little bit. But then he, like, comes back and he's, like, better. He comes back better and he comes back with just this raw intensity that that none of the other captains have. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I I love him. I love him. (laughs) And then, like, there's another... I guess the... Recess is still happening because Odo's <laughs> like, "Hey, Cisco, none of the passengers have any connection to war for any reason to kill yeah, him or nothing, anything. None of them are anybody, right? Yeah, like, like, never heard of any of them. Yeah. And so they put Worf on on the stand, and he, you see things from his point of view. Yeah. And uh, he mentions that he was excited for the opportunity to do battle. Yeah, he loves fighting. But he's, he's like, that's like, because I'm a Klingon, and yeah. I've never let it, like, cause any problems before, so I didn't let it cause a problem now. Right. Like, my record speaks for itself. And he's like, look, O'Brien, it, well, he's, he's like, well, you heard O'Brien's testimony, like, what do you think of that? And he's like, well, O'Brien's my friend, and I love him, and we kiss <laughs> all the time. Yeah, but <laughs> I you do know, remember that he doesn't know what it's what it was like in that moment. You know, he's looking. Right, back he's not at a. It. He's not a. Co- also, he's not a commander. Like yeah. he doesn't command ships. Like he doesn't do that. He's like, yeah, the chances of running into a civilian ship. And I agree with this, by the way. The yeah, chances this is a really of, good point. The chances yeah. of running into a civilian ship in the middle of a fucking battle. 
Right. In space. In space. Which is fucking infinite. And like, not only you, do you, you run into it, but it fucking yeah. appears out of nowhere directly like, in front of your guns. Right. You, you, that's like, it's like impossible. It's like infinitesimally small. Yeah. How, how hard that would be. So Cisco's like, would you do it again? And Worf's like, yeah. yeah. I had a duty to protect the convoy and my ship and crew. So I would do it all over again. And uh, Admiral Talara likes this answer, although she doesn't show it because she's a. Bull. <laughs> I like I like how Admiral Talara is like a uh, like a video dating sim. Yeah, she's like, she likes like this, this answer. answer. <laughs> Your fucking gets, love connection with her is growing. <laughs> a little heart go, bubble above her head appears, and she's like, "Oh, I like that answer." Admiral Talara does not like that decision. Oh no! <laughs> but Shapak comes up and he's like. Worf, are you mad that the Empire kicked you out? And he's like, yeah, well, of course I am, you know? I, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. that. And Shepok's like, uh, are you sure that they don't like you because you sided with the Federation, or maybe they don't like you because you stupid fucking face? <laughs> <laughs> like, he just starts goading him, right? He's like, you probably yeah. only got one dick, idiot. <laughs> he says that, which is crazy. And like, like at, at the time in '96, everyone was like, "Well, why wouldn't he have one?" <laughs> they were like, but, "What does that mean?" <laughs> yeah, but now we know why he says it. Right? Thanks, Discovery, finally clearing <laughs> up that mystery from '96. Yeah. Way to go! But like, Chipak's like, "Yeah, you're not a true Klingon, man. You disgust me." Yeah. Like all those dead children you murdered in Stovacore now. Yeah, he's like, he's like, did you like mourn? He's like, do you did you cry for them? Which is like really like, he's like, did like, you weep for them? Yeah, did you weep for them? And he's like, I grieve for them. And then he's like, you grieve for them? What kind of Klingon grieves for them? They're the honored dead. They died in battle and still they're in Stokor now. Like he's like really fucking like playing yeah. on that Klingon. He's shit, like dude. really pushing all of his buttons perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you wanted the Klingons to attack because you wanted to prove yourself and show the other Klingons that you're a real Klingon and your son is a bitch and he's gonna grow <laughs> up and have to figure out that his dad's a bitch too <laughs> yeah and Worf's like fuck you and he gets up and punches him yeah really awkwardly and, and Cisco's <laughs> like Worf no like, it's like all add like ADR and it sounds weird like the sound gets really weird yeah in this it part. does also like none of his blows even time. slightly connect yeah, I notice it every time I watch it. I'm like, oh god, this like weird part where he punches him like quietly. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then like Chipak's like, look, you said you'd never attack a man that was unarmed, but maybe yeah. you should have said you wouldn't attack him unless you were mad. Oh shit, bitch! What a, like this guy is so hateable. Oh yeah. Like, he's so hateable. Even after he gets his shit rocked, you're still like, fuck, he's still winning. Yeah, it's, I mean, he does it, he, he, like, it's so smart, he knows that, like, I'll just get punched and then I'll win. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? He's a warrior, he can take it. Yeah, he's Klingon, he, he knows. There's something about Chipak that I wanted to talk about, now's as good a time as any. Is it about how he's a Klingon and he's an asshole and, like, he's, like, just, like, a different kind of slimy asshole? Like, Klingons aren't normally like that, Yeah, well, the thing I wanted to bring up about him specifically is something that happens anytime a Klingon isn't a warrior. Yeah. There's this, like, massive inferiority complex in them where right. they just, like, try to pretend like whatever they're doing is actually being a warrior. Well, that's the caste system, yeah. right? 
Like, that's the thing, is, like, the warrior uh, class is, like, the reigning class. Like, they rule Kronos. So, like, everybody else who isn't a warrior, which is, like, not very many. Well, at least not many that you don't ever see, really. Yeah. Like, they all have to warrior up what they do, right? Yeah, it's super inferiority complex, and it's built yeah. into their society, but it's, like, it's not as obvious in Chipak as it is in, like, the TNG Klingon who's, like, a scientist that works yeah. with Crusher. Yeah. But it's definitely there. Like, this yeah, well, chip on their shoulder. Real chip on, yeah, the chip on the shoulder, exactly. exactly. But, uh, Admiral Talar is like, well, I'm gonna, we're gonna convene so I make my decision. And Cisco just another recess. <laughs> she goes and plays on the slide. We'll be back in fifteen minutes. It's a fifteen-minute recess. Couldn't you imagine it's... like a Vulcan sliding down like an old metal playground slide, like I no would, joy would... on their face at all? <laughs> I think that this needs to be a thing. I would love to see it. And then, and then they're like, "What is the purpose of this?" <laughs> like that's what they ask. Like whoever they're like talking to. That would be a great like scene in a movie where like uh like they go back in time or something to like our time yeah. and the Vulcan is like on the pl- like a Frank it'd be like Frankenstein like a Vulcan meets a child and the child's like well I play like on the playground that's what I do and the Vulcan's like I don't understand the any Vulcan's of this. like this is highly illogical <laughs> <laughs> but uh like Odo brings Cisco a pad into his office Odo's like I've got some news for you boss. Because <laughs> Cisco's like two steps away from just drinking. Because he's like, fuck, yeah. I, I really fucked this one. <laughs> he, he really, he really didn't. Yeah, it's not good. But then, like, the best scene in the fucking episode happens. The one I was talking about at the beginning, the one that yeah. really is like a fucking all star performance. Yeah. Cisco is like shit eating grinning when he comes in. He's just got this oh, man. super intensity to him. And he's like, I call Chipak to the stand because he's an expert on Klingons and the Klingon yep. Empire. And he's he just leads him around like a fucking doll. Oh, man, no, the, it's so great. It's so great because, like, he fucking, like, Chipak doesn't have to go up. And, and uh, Talar is like, I, I can't compel you to testify. You don't need to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And and Cisco like, kind of, like, like slowly like lawyer walks over to him and he's like care to step into my battlefield and like no Klingon worth their salt would say no No, like so he's he's got he's entrapped by his own pride yes he's got him yeah and like he he plays him like a fucking fiddle like he just leads him from one point to the other like what's the relationship between our the Federation and the Empire and he's like oh there's not one you know it's like yeah it's complicated right it's basically the answer but like he hands him a pad and he's like identify the list of names and he's like they're the victims of Worf's attack yeah I'll never forget them yeah he's like how do you know they're the victims he's like they're burned into my mind yeah they're seared into my memory yeah and he's like, oh, well, really? Because that's a fucking log of people who died in a ship crash on another planet. Yeah. And he's, he's like, uh, uh. And he's, like, confused. And he's like, like this here's, is a part. Yeah, here's the yeah. list of people who died in Worf's attack. It seems like they're the same, huh? Yeah. Dude, it's great. It's so great, like... I I can never whenever I watch this I can never I mean I guess like 
he knows, right? Like, Chapak knows that it was all a lie. For sure. Like, he gets completely trapped in his own lie. And he's like, is it possible that, you know, he says all that stuff and he goes, yes! (laughs) Yeah, is it possible that, like, maybe this was all a bunch of shit is basically what he says, right? And he makes him admit it. It's, oh, man, it's so It's the best scene and like the intensity that cisco is given off in that scene oh, it, avery is brooks fucking palpable. Is like, dude avery brooks is so fucking great like that dude man like he really is like he's so good at being like the approachable down-to-earth style captain yeah but then like on a dime he can become the super authoritarian that you'd never want to have to go into his office yeah he's like he's like a goddamn like like you just I would follow him anywhere. I would be like, dude, this dude yeah. it knows what he's doing. Follow that like, man I'm in go- the gates of hell, man. Yeah, I'm going with him. He knows what he's doing. There are a few captains uh, actually there are only three captains I would follow in the gates of hell. Kirk Picard and Cisco. Uh the three for me, all Jane Way. <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely be going to the gates of hell, man. <laughs> Triple Jane Ways. <laughs> Uh, Janeway's crew dies less than everyone else's, <laughs> but it's only because she has so many less people on it. <laughs> like uh, Archer. Yeah. You can't you can't start killing everybody. There's not too many of them on this ship. People still die pretty fucking heavily in Voyager, but just not. Oh the same no, they level. die a lot. Yeah, um, just because of like all the crazy shit they were. Yeah, into. like Avery Brooks got gets shit sometimes for being kind of hammy. I, I never think that it's hammy, though. See, I like, thought at the he, beginning, like in season one, it was kind of hammy, but really, yeah, when it he's just became like, intense and, like, really, yeah. he was so good at showcasing the two sides of Cisco's personality, especially, yeah. like, when he's with Jake. When he's super dad, it's annoying, right? Oh, you don't like he's super being- dad? He, I mean, he's. It's not like the worst thing. I like. I like Super Dad. Super Dad turns into the to, into the character. I think it took him a little while to find the character, right? And like, and I, I think you could like make a case for this, and like this could be like somebody's like research paper, like because he's not a captain, and like the character isn't developed fully for him to play. Whereas like when he's a captain, now he is finding his like himself and i think that the actor is also finding the character oh yeah because of that you know what i mean like i think really when he becomes a captain they really really play up the difference between being a commander and a captain like how much more responsibility is placed on you and like how much how many more eyes are on you watching everything you're doing to make certain you're doing the right thing yeah and like like i think that that's uh one of the reasons like I appreciate uh, TOS a lot more now, having watched a shitload of it, because they really hit that home that, like, captains are, like, super under scrutiny a lot, right? Like, you're in charge of basically uh, a Death Star that could blow up a planet, so you gotta do shit right, and it's gotta be, like, all the time. And, like, they talk about that, like, when when, uh, they cut to Worf living in the Defiant, because he's, like... A sad sack because he lives there because he hates everybody, right? And uh, and and Cisco is like, uh, you know, we did it. There's a party, and then but then he kind of switches gears yeah. on Worf, and he says God, like, I love that. I mean, if you're gonna be a, uh, uh, if you're gonna wear that red uniform, 
you have you have to understand that like it's not just about like protecting your crew it's it's so much more like you might have to die to to save people you don't even know and like that's what being a starfleet captain is it's not about like well my crew my crew it's about like the federation means more than that like we die because people live like that's such a great fucking scene there's that like, says there's a lot of talk and I mean when I first started watching DS9 like I felt the same way there's a lot of talk about Deep Space Nine like maybe losing the trail a little bit when it comes yeah, to yeah. the vision of the Starfleet future like the Trek right. mission behind everything that scene encapsulates it perfectly yeah. it's, it's great it's so it's good great. And like the fucking, that idea. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was just gonna say the switch that you were talking about is yeah. another like favorite moment when Cisco's like, "Hey, they're having a party for you," and Worf's like, uh, "I shouldn't have accepted that mission." And he just switches and he's like, "You're damn yeah. right, God damn right." And you're like, "Jesus fuck, my dad's yelling at me." <laughs> <laughs> He's Dude, like, that was I your love first it. mistake. What was your Dude, second? What was I'm your like, second? Oh no, dad's oh my, my head. Oh my god, I'm in school. Oh no, <laughs> I'm playing football and I'm getting yelled at. Dude, that's what it reminded me of. Like yeah. a coach, right? Yeah, man. It's... I love. I love the way that he's just like unforgiving. Uh, but like he himself, it's so interesting because he himself like fucks up. Like he's not perfect. Like at the beginning of the episode, he's like. He's, like, swinging and missing, man. Yeah. Like, he's not hitting home runs. Well, I mean, I think that's a, like, 100% difference between Picard and Cisco. Yeah. Like, if you fuck up under Picard, he'll give you this very understanding little speech. And right. then you move on or whatever. Cisco right. believes there should be consequences for fucking up. Right, he's and he's a, he's more military. Yeah, like he's more like a military man. He's definitely has like an authoritarian streak in him, where yeah. he believes like the best way to learn from a mistake is to suffer the consequences of it. Right, right. Uh, Picard's not normally like that. I can think of one, like the only instance I can think of where Picard basically says "shut the hell up and do your job" is when Data loses the 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 whatever finger chest thing to that guy yeah. and he's like data fucking get on the bridge you leave yourself doubt in your quarters or whatever and like that's the only time i can think of him being like that whereas cisco's just like like he's he's a coach he's like a football coach like it's all about like discipline and like mental discipline as well as like physical discipline mm-hmm. right it's crazy. He teaches you the lessons. He this is a hard knock teacher kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He's still pretty understanding. I mean, it's a the enlightened future. He's not like yeah. an actual school coach. Right, right. He's not like whipping people and making them run laps yeah. and shit. But, but I like, mean, like more so than the other captains for sure. Yeah, like every captain maybe. has their style of captaining. Yeah, and what's the guy? DeSoto. Maybe he's a little more not DeSoto. Uh. Uh, the guy from Discovery? No, the guy who takes over the Enterprise when Picard's oh, seeing Jellico? the lights. Jellico. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jellico's a little more like that, because he's kind of a prick. Yeah, I mean, I've... There are so many, like, Jellico apologists in the world. Yeah. It's like, 
he's the captain or whatever, and, like, his rule is law, but, like, he knew he was coming into a different situation with a different setup, and he should have been more accommodating to the chain, to the slow changing of things. Right, it's... But he just right. came in and expected everyone to already know what he, how he wanted things done. Right. And they That's had to do it immediately. Not a very good leader. You can't do that. Also, yeah. he came in and completely undermined his first officer and refused to listen to anything he ever said. That's not good captaining. <laughs> yeah, that's shitty. That's a shitty captain. Um, Jellicoe's Jellico. probably great on his own ship, but he did a pretty piss-poor job on the Enterprise. Yeah, it's the Enterprise, bitch. You gotta step up your fucking game. That's right. Flagship, baby. That's right. <laughs> this episode, though... Ends, ends with, like, a great moment where Worf says, you know, life's gotten a lot more complicated since I put on this red uniform. Yeah. And Cisco says, just wait until you get four pips on it. You'll wish you were... A, you wish you had... Uh, what does he say? You wish you would have uh, studied botany. Yeah, botany. A fucking loser study botany and fucking Keiko... What a nerd! Keiko O'Brien's just fucking crying in a background. <laughs> Yeah, man. I I don't know. This is this episode is so good on so many levels that uh I I feel like we're spoiling ourselves, Jeff. Like I, I like we have two good ones in a row. Two really really good we, ones. And in the a row. next one we're doing is the Drumhead, which is also a fucking immaculate episode. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I feel like any minute now we're gonna have to watch a bunch of shitty episodes. Coming up next, the Satan's Collection <laughs> <laughs> with Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> who counts as a Satan. He's a Satan. There's a pretty good episode of a Satan. Oh yeah, yeah, the TNG one with the with the lady. Yeah, it's not a bad devil. episode. That one's good. Lady Satan. It's pretty lady good. Lady Satan. Uh, I. I I think that this episode, like, um, getting back to that, I think it this does so many things that, uh, like, that this show that... Uh, let me start. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure, like, go ahead. I'm, like, getting ahead of myself. Like, this show is so good at, like, developing its characters, and this episode alone, like, develops uh, Cisco and Worf simultaneously. Because, like, Worf is new to the show this season... Right, mm -hmm. and you don't get to see a whole lot of them, and like they're they're telling Worf stories, because you know that's what they're doing. But like they're setting up his character more th than they do in like TNG almost, and Cisco at the same time as like being this like just pr a pretty fucking good captain, you know. I think that that's what makes this show unique from all the other Star Treks. Is like there aren't many episodes in this show that don't do that. And that's that Ronald D. Moore shit. He, that that's guy knows true. how to fucking write There's always write the momentum fuck. in Deep Space Nine. Yes. Yeah, it's always going forward. And that's Ronald D. Moore. Speaking of the relationship between Cisco and Worf, I've got a John Larroquette fun fact of the week for you. That they kissed each other, and I, I, I like, got a boner, and... What is it? What's your fact? <laughs> Continue with that story. That was it. I jizzed. Okay, as long as you jizzed. Um... <laughs> In the original version of the story, Cisco was on trial, not Worf. Oh, and was Worf his advocate? No, but oh. it did turn out that the Klingon ship that was destroyed was a holographic projection. Okay, that's terrible. And Ira Stephen Bear is the one who decided he, we're going to switch it to Worf and we're going to get rid of that hologram shit. Thank God. 
Uh, so there was your fun fact of the week for that, me. That's a great fun fact because it involves one of my favorite tropes: the Scooby Doo projection. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hologram. Old Man River. Why did you blow up the Klingon ship? I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you, Starfleet kids. Um, I don't have any other fun facts, I guess. Shit. Uh, my fun fact is that this episode is great. This is a fucking dope episode, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, this season rules of... This is this is such a good season of DS9. Like, I love this season. Uh, I wanted to talk about LeVar Burton directing this this episode. Yeah. Um, he says that he did not see Rashomon. While filming this, that is hard to believe. Oh no, he says um, he does. Never mind. I just read that Glenn okay, Newfield, okay. who was the like uh, AD, was. I was gonna say said that he saw Rashomon, but no, Burton, Levar Burton said that he did as well. So that makes perfect yeah. fucking sense. I don't think anybody who's ever had to go sit in any kind of acting or film thing ha- hasn't seen it. Rashomon's fucking great. It's like like mandatory viewing for anybody who does anything. I, I haven't seen it since college. Uh, I, I've probably seen it like maybe once or twice. I, but it's like so it's so good. Oh my god. Any Kurosawa. Yeah. I'll watch any fucking Kurosawa No movie, doubt. Dude. I don't give a fuck. Fucking like talking about a fucking master of his craft. Dude, Seven Samurai is like 27 hours long and I I'll watch still it. Wa- I'll still fucking watch that whenever. It is yeah. so good. It's so good that they made an American version of it, and that movie is also good. Yeah, like, how many times does that fucking happen? <laughs> it happens with Kurosawa because they stole all of his shit. It's a yeah. uh, uh, fistful of dollars is fucking uh, Yojimbo. It's yep. the same fucking thing, man. Fistful of dollars is really fucking good. Like, I feel like people I love- get caught up on the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is my favorite of the three. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But Fistful it's of Dollars prequel. and For a Few Dollars More are both so fucking good. That trilogy, uh, I there was a time where I just watched it, like, all the time. Dude, I watched all of them. Like, I love them. My, my wife teaches uh, a, f- like, film is literature course. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. One of the things she teaches is uh, she uses the good, the bad, and the ugly... To, for like multiple reasons like the fucking I don't remember what exactly she uses it for uh-huh. but she always shows the Mexican standoff scene the three the three the, uh, when they're in the graveyard yeah you know? when Tuco Blondie and Angel Eyes are in the graveyard and yeah, like it's it, so tense and it just keeps getting more and more intense and that music like sometimes that music just starts in my brain, and I have to go to fucking YouTube and watch that scene again. I dude, I can watch that movie again. That movie is like five hours long. But it's so like, good. But you gotta watch it, man. It, the, it's the funny thing about that movie is it's like all of the advertising for that movie still to this day it has the man with no name on all of it. Yeah. But it's really a movie about Tuco. That's who he's like the main character. Yeah, yeah, he's the real main character, and it's like yeah. you you can see that Mexican standoff scene, and you can learn so much about those three characters just from yeah, the close-ups on their face. eyes. Yeah, Tuco's like twitchy, and he's yeah, like, he looks he, he doesn't terrified. know who to trust. Yeah, he doesn't know who to trust, right? And like, like Angel Eyes is like his eyes are shifting constantly, 
and he's like he has that nervousness beneath the the yeah. surface that he's like hiding because he's untrusting as well. Yeah, you see like the little sweat drop go down his cheek. Yeah, and, but he still and, has uh, like a steely gaze. And man with no name is just so self confident yeah. that he he doesn't he's, he just knows he's he just barely. Knows like showing he has no signs of worry whatsoever it's amazing man like i mean that that character is like mary sue as fuck right it's true well not really because he ends up he like really suffers horribly in that movie he does yeah he does get fucking almost killed yeah but but in terms of like just like he's like a superhuman like he shoots that rope from like I don't know like six hundred oh, yeah. yards. Oh yeah, he's like away. the greatest gunman that ever lived. It's, it's like absurd, right? It's like a cartoon. But like I I goddamn love those movies, dude. I do too. Some of my fucking favorite movies ever, dude. I lo- oh god, just every scene in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is just an- another scene where you're like oh my god, I forgot yeah. this is happening now. You know, I always like forget about the scene where uh, Tuco's in the bathtub and the guy comes through the window and Tuco like yeah. shoots him from beneath the bathtub water yeah. he yeah. just had the gun in the bath with him he's like always always check make sure you you know oh when you have to talk talk we have to shoot shoot that's the line yeah. Yeah. he's like uh, there are two types of men in the world those that come through the window and those that have guns that's oh god he's always doing the, the there's two types of men there's and, two types of this there's two types of this and I fucking love at the end of the movie when Blondie's like there's two types of men in the world those who have those who have the gun and those who dig yep. you dig <laughs> you dig and he shares in the shovel ah I fucking love that movie so much and it's, like westerns yeah. are a really great genre to use for like making really fucking great movies and telling stories but yeah. it's a shame that like the big glut of western movies happen during one time and they're all terrible it's <laughs> it's incredible like it's incredible to me though like even like the, the modern westerns there's some fucking super good ones oh yeah Unforgiven is un- Yo, fucking, fucking believable dude Tombstone is a Tombstone. great movie. I love Dude, that movie. The True Grit remake is great. Dude, the True Grit remake is so much fucking better than the original one. Yeah, like the it's original night True Grit. Day. Yeah, the original True Grit is like John Wayne fucking hamming it up being yeah, the thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. even like that movie, but the the yeah. remake True Grit is fucking amazing. It's great. Yeah, and uh, from the uh, Three Ten to Yuma, I like. Oh yeah, Three Ten to Yuma is really good too. Yeah, the like one classic western that like stands out to me that like I love and I'll hold above like any other western of the era and a lot of westerns that came after is High mm-hmm. Noon. High Noon is also great. I have High Noon. Like, I, I, it, ca- it came with like a collection that I got once. Oh, it's so good. Like High Noon makes me feel like intense tenseness like in- yeah. no other movie that's ever existed. Yeah. Like, by the time that movie ends, you're just like, fucking somebody help him! (laughs) Why won't you help him? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's crazy that, like, Clint Eastwood did all these westerns and like obviously like his name is like synonymous with westerns right like even so much like in Back to the Future 3 he's like, my name's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, exactly. But like, He's like some of the greatest movies ever made are him being a cowboy in those movies, you know. Oh yeah. Like 
dude. I mean, they're 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 icon. They're, he's iconic. Like anybody, you could go to fucking Mars and somebody would know who Clint Eastwood was, right? It's true. It's, of those a, it's a shame about what happened to his personality as he got older. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's old and your brain dies. Yeah. You start talking to chairs, empty chairs. Uh, I'm gonna uh, talk to this chair like it's. Uh, Dude, was that like 2012? Was that what that was? I think it was. I forget. Yeah, it was like the Mitt Romney He's one. He's so right? old. He looks like yeah. the Crypt Keeper. He is very old. His son is a actor, and he's not very good. Yeah, his son looks just like him, but he fucking sucks. Like, he's, yeah, he's really bad. He's, he's not his dad. Yeah. He should get some acting lessons. He could get a lot of I know of a fun fact. I'm sure you know this fun fact. It's a John Larroquette fun fact about Clint Eastwood. Sure, tell me. Uh, he... he like didn't smoke those cigars like he didn't smoke cigars as the man with no name but he picked like the nastiest italian cigars because they shot all of them in italy right yeah spaghetti western uh so he picked like the nastiest flavored cigar that he could find and he smoked and chewed on them and that's why it, to make his face be like disgusting like because yeah. he hated he hated the flavor of those <laughs> shitty fucking cigars. i think i did hear that before they look like they're terrible, because, like, cigars are gross. Yeah, cigars are pretty <laughs> gross. Like, the place where I worked at before, uh, everybody there but me smoked cigars, so they would all just go out in front of the building and smoke cigars. Oh, because maf- they were in the mafia. <laughs> I guess. And it was just like, I, yeah. I was like, so what do you guys get out of that? And they were like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's nice. <laughs> it's it's like okay every now and then I'll smoke like half of a cigar and I'll be like, yeah, cool. But like you can't inhale, which like is the main reason you smoke, right? Like yeah, wanna... like isn't that what smoking's for? You inhale. Yeah, you want the nicotine in your blood, and that's like the fastest way to do it. But I don't know, and they make me sick. I kind of get sick off of them. So, oh well. <laughs> This turned into an episode about spaghetti western. Yeah, well, we kind of like we kind of rushed through this episode because it's so fucking good. We were like, I want to get to the next part. I want to get to the yeah, next part. Yeah, it's 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 one of those Star Trek episodes too that like it goes fast. Like it's just there, not a lot of things are happening, but it's the same amount of time as an, a regular episode. It's just masterfully cadenced. Like the cadence of the show seems quick even though like there aren't like many things happening and i think that like there's a lot to be said about that for a great show like it's you could watch people talk for 42 minutes and it doesn't feel like that yeah i mean the thing about really great media is that you hours and hours and hours of material and feel like it's been a few minutes yeah it's when you have to slog through the worst episodes collection. Yes. That you motherfuckers made us do. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever going to forgive them for that. <laughs> no. No one is ever going to forgive our own listeners. Maybe I'll be the scapegoat because of the Satan's collection. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it'll be even worse. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to talk for an hour and a half-ish about a fucking animated series episode. 
I don't know. Like, we need to do an animated episode soon, though. I know. We've, we've kind of been dodging it. And, I mean, somebody pointed out that we haven't had a Voyager episode in two collections now. Yeah, that's probably uh, There's on a purpose. reason for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's on purpose. What, like, what, I mean, like, what would we even... God, I can't even think of, like, a Voyager... They do have that Voyager episode where the Q wants to kill himself. Oh, right, he wants to die, yeah. Yeah, but that's a Q episode, and eventually we're gonna do a Q collection. Yeah, I want to save the Q ones for the Q. Like, that's the one where... Is that the one where Ry- they, like, make Riker show Yeah, up? they just bring Riker on board. What a great, like... What a great bit, right? Like... And it's like, the best part is it's Riker from, like, years ago. <laughs> so he doesn't even know who the fuck, like, what the fuck's happening he's like, or anything. Yeah, he's like, he's like, don't worry, you won't remember any. What a fucking hand wave. Like, what a great, yeah. like... Because, like, if they brought Riker on board and then they, like, sent him back, he'd be like, holy shit, the Voyager is lost in a different fucking quadrant. Yeah. We need to find them. I'll tell you where they are, right? <laughs> Dude. Um, oh, as man. it turns out, Ron Canada... Who played Chipok? His name is Ron Canada. That's a porn name. Uh, was actually in an episode of TNG called The Masterpiece Society. I don't remember that one. And in an episode of Voyager, he played a weird alien. And it was <laughs> the episode was called Juggernaut. Uh, Masterpiece Society? What? What is that one? Uh, the Masterpiece Society. Uh, the Enterprise tries to save a perfect colony from destruction. But the assistance causes damage of its own. Oh, it's the clones one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Is it? No, is it? I don't know. I'm not going to read through I'm all looking, this. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm <laughs> We're looking. supposed to be talking about rules of engagement. I don't know what this one is. Is No, I don't, I don't remember this one. I, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I guess we... Did we talk about all... Are we good? <laughs> did we do it? Wow, Josh! Wow, I thought you fucking. I, I just love this show. I do, but I don't know if I, I don't know if we should take a break and come back, or I think I don't know. I think I don't know what else there is to say. Is what I'm saying. I love this episode. It's great. Yeah, I think this is gonna be a short one this time, and I apologize to our listeners for that who waited an extra week for this. But uh, it's good. It's a good episode. We did a good job. Yeah, I don't. I think I had all the things I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I probably fucked it up, but it's good. I feel like uh, Ronald D. Moore is the greatest. I'll just say that. Yeah, again. Josh loves to suck that guy's wee wee. I would suck his wee wee hard because his wee wee has been around some of my favorite television. He actually wrote the teleplay for this episode as well. What a fucking shocker! I didn't know that, but I could tell just by the way that the episode plays out. Did you know that Ronald D. Moore was nominated for an Emmy, won a Hugo Award, a Saturn Award, and a Universe Reader's Choice Award? I mean, it's that Universe Reader's Choice Award that really everybody wants. That's the one that really kickstarts your career. Yeah, you definitely get your own fucking sci-fi series that you can helm completely i mean an emmy like whatever anyone can win an emmy but a universe reader what's it called (laughs) (laughs) i think that says everything you need to know about the award that's the one you want that's the one you need you want the one i can't remember that'll help you yeah it's important to get that I think one. we've said everything we can say about this. I tried this I tried to spread it out a little bit more for you guys, but really this episode is a quick one. 
to watch. Yeah. It's so masterfully handled that it feels like it takes 10, 15 minutes when it's actually an hour long show. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I'm, I think, I think we're also seeing that courtroom drama works for television also. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's I why, mean, like, Law and Order was on for, like, 47 years. Like, people don't get tired of that there's shit. There's so much drama to be squeezed yeah. out of a court case. Yeah. And it's just inherent. You don't even have to work for right. it. Right. Really. Everyone understands the, the, the stakes immediately are prison or death, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's, it's just so easy to, like, set up. So I, I think we're seeing like, and in a Star Trek, it really, really works because you get to throw in like really big consequences like racism and slavery and, uh, you know, Klingon politics, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, Law and Order had actually been on the air for six years when this episode came out. Oh my God. That makes me feel old. Law and Order premiered on September 13th, 1990. Oh, man. September 13th. <laughs> Two days after 9-11. <laughs> I wish this was a vis- like a visual medium <laughs> so people could see the look that I had on my fucking face when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, Josh. <laughs> Stupid. I mean, coincidence. <laughs> Holy fucking Christ uh, on a cracker. I've been awake for like 27 hours. <laughs> we still got to do the emails episode after this too, oh, so no. it's going to be a good one. Tune in for that next week, or if you're a patron of ours on our Patreon, you'll be getting it on the same day you get this episode. Yeah. So head over there and check us out on patreon.com slash mclasspodcast if you want to sign up and get uh, the emails episode a week yeah, early. Yeah, I think it's only like a dollar, right? No, it's five. It's five. It's only five dollars. I would I'm lie. thinking about dropping it. I'm not sure. No, we'll no, 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 no. We'll see. <laughs> no, 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 Give us five dollars. Give us five dollars. <laughs> well, um, you get a bunch of other stuff, too. Yeah, you get other stuff for the five. And I mean, the one dollar gets you access to our Discord server. Gets you the ability That's to vote. What it, is. it gets you the ability to vote on what episodes we're going to be doing and to give us ideas. That's actually super important because, like, as much as I really want to do the Satan's episode, that's all the ideas I got. <laughs> so he's got the one idea, and then we're fucked. Then so. the show's over because I don't have any more ideas about stuff. So you really better help us out, yeah. or we're done. Yeah, that's gonna become that's our gonna... patron, or we're fucking done. <laughs> like threatening them. <laughs> like we're just gonna stop uh, if you'd like to follow us on twitter where you could see all the funnest tweets on the internet from us <laughs> yes you can uh, follow us over there at mclass podcast and if you want to send an email in which will be read on the episode that you get today if you became a patron yes then you can send it in to mclassemail at gmail.com singular singular cause I fucked it but it's fine no, it's definitely fine. <laughs> I would like to thank everybody for listening to this episode. Hopefully it was a good one. I don't I don't I can't fucking see into the future and figure out if it turns out to be good or not. I think it was good. I feel good about it. I feel I feel alright. We'll see. <laughs> 
I feel and, like I feel like I ruined the episode. That's what I what? feel like. What, Josh? You've never ruined an episode of anything in your life. That might be not entirely true. No, there was. Why didn't tell us that Josh never ruins anything because he's the best? There was that episode of Who's the Boss I ruined. That was ruined before you got there, Josh. Damn, fuck you. Who's the boss? Yeah, who's the boss could suck. Yo, dick. I hate who's the boss. Yeah, who's the boss sucks dick. We- but anyway, bye everybody. Bye, I hate who's the boss. Bye. Who's the boss could suck my dick? Fuck you, Tony Danza. Bye. Yo, Angela. Slug-O-Cola, the fly is calling in the galaxy. galaxy.